0: Turn over in your Bible to Exodus chapter 40 this morning. Exodus chapter number 40, all right? If you're with me this morning, say amen. Amen. All right, that's a few of you. Some of you sound look a little tired this morning. I hope you'll catch this this morning. Exodus chapter 40, look at verse number two. Again, we're not reading entire passages, kind of just pointing out this thought. In verse number two, Uh, The Bible says, and thou, God speaking to Moses, and thou shalt put therein the ark of the testimony and cover the ark, I read verse three, I'm sorry. On verse number, let me read verse one. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, on the first day of the first month shalt thou set up the tabernacle of the tent of the congregation. Jump down to verse number 17. Verse 17 says this, and it came to pass in the first month in the second year, second year from coming out of Egypt, and it came to pass in the first month in the second year on the first day of the month that the tabernacle was reared up. Now, again, I know this is topical this morning, but you understand we talked a little bit about the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the portable place of worship for the children of Israel. When they had the tabernacle built, God gave them the expressed pattern for every piece of furniture, for the tabernacle court, for everything about the tabernacle, because that was the place they were gonna meet with God. God was gonna come down uh, as the, in the Shekinah glory of God would come down in a cloud and he would rest upon the mercy seat and it was at the mercy seat that the priest would come in and the priest would represent the people. Now church, let me think for a second here. Where was the tabernacle when it came to the camp of Israel? Where was it? Middle, dead center. So the tabernacle was in the center and then God said, okay, I want these three tri- tribes on the on the, uh, on the east, I want these three tribes on the uh, south, I want these three tribes on the west, I want these three tribes on the north and he put the tabernacle dead center. All right, now church, let me, I I understand that we don't practice as far as the tabernacle today, but you have to understand, according to the book of Hebrews, the pattern in and the, and the tabernacle was a shadow or, 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 or to things to teach us to come. I really believe that the reason the tabernacle was in the center of the camp was to teach the children of Israel that God should be the center of their life. Amen. Are you all with me this morning? Now, if the tabernacle was the portable place of worship, I also understand that the church is our place of worship, and I understand that we are the church. We could go outside. The building is not the church, but this congregation is what we call the body of Christ, the building of Christ, the church of Christ, all right? The church of God. Are you all with me so far? Say amen. amen. Now, think for a second here. On the first day of the first month, God sets up the tabernacle. I'm just, I just want to take, if I can apply this morning, that you ought to have set in your mind, church, first day, first month, we're starting off a new year. You ought to make sure the church is the center of your life. Amen. Just I mean you ought to make sure church is the center of your life. Amen. All right? I don't think I can illustrate this very well, but I'm going to try. Barney, come here for a second here. Brother Miller, come here if you don't mind. Brother fellow you come here for a second if you don't mind, too. Okay, now, here's what most of us do when it comes to church, all right? Now, we're going to, let's see, let's pretend for just a moment here. We're going to pretend you represent the church. Okay. All right. He's a big fella. That's a church, all right? Church, all right? We're going to represent, uh, pretend that he represents family, all right? Just represents family. We're going to pretend that you represent job, all right? And it doesn't matter who they are. Just what you have in your mind, okay? Now, here's what we do, okay? I'm going to represent a person, okay, if we can do it that way. So, he, he represents what? Church, family, job, person, all right? So, What we normally do is this, is what we do in our life if we're not, and and again, I think we need to be careful about this, and I hope that you, you understand what I'm teaching this morning, okay? God is always first place in our life. We understand that, but here's what I'm trying to get you to see. If the tabernacle was in the center, which was where God was, and all of the children of Israel went around that, on the first day of the first month, God set up the tabernacle, I think that we ought to start the first of the year. We ought to make church the center of our lives. Now, here's what I mean by that. Here's what most of us do, okay? Uh, we are just use the ground floor. Come up here for just a second. Step forward. All right, step forward. And then you step back over here behind me. What we do is we put ourselves in the center. We put the, our, our, us in the center, okay? Not, and so we have the church as part of our life, and we've got our family as part of our life, and we've got our job as part of our life. But church family, can I tell you, I, I think sometimes we're making a mistake on this because we are not supposed to be the center. God's supposed to be the center. Amen. Am I correct? Colossians says that in all things he is to have the preeminence. Yeah. Okay, now I know the church is not particularly God, but in application, the church is where God was—the tabernacle, the portable place of worship. The temple was the permanent place of worship, and then of course, we have the church of God, which it, ecclesia is the, is the Greek word for church, which means call out assembly. We come together as an assembly of God. Let's just, can I tell you what ought to be happening? Is this. The church ought to be the center of our life, of, of our life. It the job ought to focus around the church. Our family ought to focus around the church. Us as individuals ought to focus around the church. Why? Because God ought to be first place in our life. Church, I I really believe with all my heart that the reason church is becoming less and less important is because we have switched places with God, and specifically that visual, the church, we have traded places to where we're the center of everything. Okay, so I'm going to have the church as part of my life, but the church is not going to be the center of my life. Church, I mean, listen, if you've been part of this church long enough, you understand. I don't believe in dictatorship. I don't believe that the pastor is the main thing. I believe that Jesus Christ is the main thing. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin and that we cannot get to heaven except through Jesus Christ. I also believe that Jesus is the head of the? Head of the church. Okay. Now, if Christ is the head of the church, then can I tell you that Christ ought to be the center of everything in our life? Listen to me this morning. All right? And I know what you're thinking, okay? Some of you might think, well, pastor's saying it because he's the pastor of the church. Church I mean, family, before, before I came a pastor, my, our lives growing up at home, the church was the center of our lives, okay? Now, I, am, I try to be very, very careful when it comes to your pastor to making sure that you understand the church is gonna go forward with activities, the church is gonna go forward with uh, outreach ministries, the church is gonna go forward as far as reaching people and missions and we're permitting starting a church in Topeka. Hey, listen, we are gonna continue going forward and I want you involved in everything that you can Okay. But can I tell you something, church family? I think there's a lot of people that do not make the church the center of their life. It's just a piece of their life. It's almost like, and I know that you're saved. I know that you're not on your way to hell. I know that you know Christ is your personal savior. Okay. But it's almost like I want to be religious, but I don't want to be right. I want to, I want to have a portion, but I don't want to be a part and I'm just trying to tell you this morning that on the first day of the first month, the tabernacle was set up and it was set up in the center of the Israelites because God was supposed to be everything to them, all right? Now, I just want you to understand, I, the church, God is everything and he's the head of the church and this called out assembly is what God has given us and we need to not just have a portion, it ought, it ought to be the center of our life. Now, uh, my kids are, are more worldly than your kids, okay? I, I know that. And there's sometimes, I told my kids, I said, we're, we're going to start this church, Lord permitting, we're going to start this, we were talking, I said, we're at supper. I said, we're going to start this church in Topeka. And I said, you guys are going to be a part of that. Amen. Okay, well, they didn't say amen at the table. <laughs> I, I had no amens. <laughs> I said, so when I go over there, you're going to be going with me. And I said, this is what we're going to do. Why? Because I want them to understand the church is our life. And it's not because I'm the pastor of the church, it's because I'm a Christian, Amen. all right? And as a Christian, the church ought to be centered. So on the first day of the first month, can, we, can I say we're starting this year, start this year with the, with the resolve that church is not gonna be just a part of my life, church is my life, all right? Amen. And church family, listen, I'm, I, I understand, I hope you don't take what I'm saying wrong, you can't be involved in everything, but you ought to be involved in everything that you can. All right, so I can't come out on Saturdays to go out soul winning. that's fine but you can be in church on Sunday. Okay, I can't go to all the activities, but I'm, I can make it to some of the activities, all right? You know, it's interesting. Um, we, we have the college that we have here, okay? We make the college students go to every activity, okay? Usually every year it comes up during orientation, all right? And I remind them, you're gonna go to all the baby showers to the girls, and the girls that aren't from here, I mean, they're, they're from different states. They don't even know the people when they first come. You know why they go to the baby showers? Because I want them part of everything. Amen. Even if they don't know the person. All right? Hey, can I tell you? You're not a college student and you are from here. You ought to be a part of as much as you possibly can be a part of. All right? You say, well, and listen to me, I'm, I'm going to keep going. I mean, I'm going to go on. I'm, I'd like to keep going, but I'm going to go on. But let me say one more thing here. Don't act like a college student. Oh, I don't want to do that. You know, there's certain things you don't want to do, but you ought to be a part of. When your kids get sick, they don't want to go to the doctor so they can get a shot. Do you make them go? Why? Because it's good for them. Can I tell you, being part of the church is good for you. Well, no one will know if I'm there. Last time I checked, you're not coming so people notice you're there. That went over well. Okay, good. Thank you very much. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Now, so you're starting the new year. Make church a priority. First day, first month. All right. How many is glad we're done with that point? Say amen. Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's go to the next one. Look over 2 Chronicles. with me. Let's look at the next one. Me. 2 Chronicles chapter number 29. 2 Chronicles 29. Here's another one. First day, first month. 2 Chronicles 29. And let's just see if we can just read a couple verses here. 2 Chronicles 29. Verse number one, if you'll start there with me. Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and 20 years old. He reigned nine and 20 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, His daughter Zech- uh, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David his father did. All right. Verse three he in the first year of his reign in the first month opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them and he brought the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the east uh, street and said unto unto them hear me Levites sanctify now yourselves and sanctify the house of the Lord now church I don't have time to really read all this but verses number five down through verse number 17 you're going to find out that they cleansed it look at verse number 17 the, the house of the Lord verse 17 says now they began on the first day of the first month when did they begin first day first month to sanctify and on the 8th day of the month came they to the porch of the Lord so they sanctified the house of the Lord in 8 days and in the 16th day of the first month they made an end verse 19 then they went in to Hezekiah the king and said we have cleansed all the house of the Lord now just me the previous kings had closed the closed the doors of the house of God and the previous kings had set up idols and they just had just done all kinds of things to the temple the permanent place of worship for the children of Israel But on the first day of the first month, Hezekiah says, we're going to clean house. All right, and specifically, we're going to clean the house of the Lord. So this morning, first of all, we want to talk about attending church as far as first day, first month, making church the center of our life. Secondly, I want to talk about this idea of cleaning house. And I'm talking about your house. I'm not talking about your physical house. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You know, you ought to clean this thing up. You ought to clean this thing up. And I want to tell you how you clean this thing up. You clean it up by what you see and hear. You clean it up by what goes into your thought patterns. You know, this thing that we talk about, you know, I'm not an adulterer, I'm not a murderer. You know, we look at all these, what we consider gross sins, but church family, sin is sin. God doesn't like it when we envy. God doesn't like it when we think uh, thoughts that are not appropriate for a Christian to be thinking. God doesn't like it when we say things that we shouldn't be saying. Can I I just tell you that what you ought to do on the first day of the first month is this year ought to decide, I'm going to be a better Christian this year. I'm going to clean house. I'm going to clean things up. All right, church, let me think for a second. What you put in is what you get. It's real simple. All right? So get the disinfectant out. Get the pledge polish out. Get the mop bucket out. Start cleaning things from the inside out. And and the way you do that is you put spiritual things in, you get spiritual things out. You put worldly things in, you get worldly things out. Hey, first day of the first month, you ought to try to make some goals this year of what I'm going to do so that I'm a better Christian, both physically and spiritually, both mentally and, and bodily, things that I can do to be a better Christian. So Hezekiah says, okay, we're in a clean house. I want you to go into the house of God and I want you to get all the junk out, all the idols out and I want you to make sure that we can go in there and worship. Now, church family, what does the psalmist say? Psalm 5110. Create in me a clean heart. heart." How does that happen? James 4, 8. Draw an eye to God. He'll draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So the beginning of the year, yes, make church the center of your life, but yes, clean house. In other words, me physically, me spiritually, I ought to set some goals so that I'm a clean vessel, as I think it's Timothy, that I would be fit, that means proper, I would be fit for the master's use, all right? Listen, you don't go to the cupboard and pull out a dirty dish to use, you go to the cupboard and pull out a clean dish to use, all right? You don't go to the sink that's got a sink full of dishes that need to be washed and pull one of them out and say, I think I'll just use this one, no, all war- right? hopefully you don't all right you wash that dish because you want to use a clean dish can i tell you your heavenly father wants a temple a body a vessel that's fit for his use and the only way you're going to be fit for his use is to be a clean vessel all right set some goals to make yourself clean my kids are just starting off on the uh, new year so when i asked them i said what are some of your goals i went around the room and i was shocked uh, some of, several of my kids, their goal was to read more scripture this year, you know, to, to read their Bible. And by the way, that's one of the best goals you can have. Amen. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? I that I not. might sin against God. So in other words, I want to put as much of God's word into my life so that I can be a clean vessel. Uh, this morning I was coming to the church, or I got home after studying, I came home. And when I walked in the door, Susanna is standing in the living room with her Bible, uh, and she's in Genesis, and she's reading, standing up. I'm not sure why she was standing, but she's standing there reading. And um, she told me, I think she was on chapter six or seven, whatever it was, she told me this morning, as far as her reading. And then I got in the car today, and I was on my way, and Susanna and Sarah, Sarah's 11, Susanna's nine? Nine. nine. And so we were in our way in, and uh, I said, uh, and one of my goals this year is to, is to quote more. I always, Every year I try to keep, do, do some quoting, and so in the car, uh, to keep up with it, I try to use as much time as, as, time as possible. So I'm, I started quoting, Sarah started to turn the radio, or not the radio, the music on, Christian music, uh, on my phone, and I started quoting. She said, oh, are you gonna quote? I said, well, I was gonna quote to you. She says, no, I've already done my reading. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, so you're thinking you might get too much? She said, yep. (laughs) She's just like her mother. But anyway, um, so I'm just trying to say is that one of the best things you can do is to put the word of God in to cleanse you from the inside, all right? I'm a slow reader, I'll just tell you right now, I'm a slow reader, I don't read very fast at all. But, um, I, do, I do know how important reading the word of God, quoting the word of God, all of those things ca- cause you to be cleansed from the inside out. Can I tell you what you ought to set for a goal this year? Clean house. You know how you're gonna clean house? You gotta get the soap out. And I'm gonna tell you what the soap and water is, it's called the word of God. So make some goals as far as what you're gonna do with scripture this year, all right? Uh, let's see here, let me do another one or two with you. Next one, Ezra chapter seven, get your Bible there, Ezra chapter seven. Ezra chapter seven. Thanks for following with me on these. First one, make God the, or make church the center of your life. Uh, second one, uh, clean house. Now let's look at this next one. Look at Ezra chapter number seven and jump down to verse number six. Ezra chapter seven, verse number six. This Ezra, Ezra seven, verse number six. This Ezra went up from Babylon and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all his requests according to the hand of the Lord upon uh, his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel, and of the priests, and the Levites, and the singers, and the porters, and the Nethanims, and unto Jerusalem in the seventh year, under Ar- Arxerxes Ar- the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of, of the king. All right, let me, let me stop before I read verse number 9, because 9 is where the word of thought is. But, first of me, Ezra was that scribe that is coming from Babylon to Jerusalem. Now, why were they in Babylon? They were in Babylon because they were in captivity. So for 70 years they're in captivity in Babylon. God says, "Okay, I'm going to let you go back and you're going to they're going to rebuild the temple, they're going to Nehemiah is going to rebuild the wall. Ezra was the priest that was going to come back and really set up worship like it was supposed to be for the children of Israel. Now look at verse number 9. Here's what it says in verse number 9. It says, "For upon the first day of the first month began he to go up from Babylon on the first day of the first month. Um, of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of God upon him. And Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Now, church, here's the picture, okay? All right, If you're still with me, say amen. amen. Right. The picture is this, okay? The, the promised land is the victorious Christian life, okay? Babylon was a picture of captivity, which was captivity, but it was a picture of captivity and sin. They were leaving Babylon and going back to Jerusalem, which was what where they were supposed to be, that was the promised land, place of milk and honey, that was where God was going to bless them. That's where they were going to live their lives and have God's blessing on their life. So the picture, the New Testament picture is this, is that the captivity picture of sin, that sometimes we have dominating sins in our life that that hold us captive, we need to leave Babylon and go back to Jerusalem on the first day of the first month. So on the first day of the first month, you can set some goals. Number one, set some goals, make church center of your life. Number two, uh, you, should, you should set some goals. And again, we're looking at Chronicles as far as cleaning house. You ought to, number three, you ought to set some goals as far as getting ready, rid of dominating sins in your life, things that are holding you captive in your life. I meet people all the time. Oh, Pastor, I wish I could give that up, but I can't. Yes, you can. All right? You know. <laughs> I, liked, I really love God's mercy, and I like diversity. he illustrates that with in Proverbs 24, 16. For a just man falleth seven times, and what does he do? Rises up again. You know, this year, you are not going to hit or make every goal every time, but you can get back up and keep aiming for the goal. All right? You need to set some goals in your life. And a lot of times, the things that we fail in are dominating sins. All right? Things that have control of us. All right. My sister Susan had already ordered before I said anything in that church service. She had already ordered triple dip chocolate malted milk balls for me. Big bag of them. So after that service the next day they had come in. She she orders them and they come in by mail. And so um the next day I think it was she brought me that bag of cho- chocolate malted triple dip chocolate multiple balls, which is not healthy for me because they taste so good, I don't stop at one, I just it's bad for me. I, don't, I love it, but it's bad for me. And um, so when I got that, I said, oh, in my mind I'm thinking, thank you so much, but in my mind I'm thinking, oh man, why did you do this? All right, so, but I took the gift because it was the right thing to do, all righty? And I'm still eating the gift because it's the right thing to do, all righty? <laughs> you don't let somebody spend their hard-earned money to be a blessing and then not be a blessing by eating them. And so I am doing my best to be a blessing and I'm growing as a blessing as I'm eating them. <laughs> now, those chocolate molten milk balls, um, I'm doing everything I can to share them because if I do not share them, I will eat them. Alrighty? So I took them on our trip last week and Try to get people to eat them then. And then uh, my kids, they're all into them. And I still have some more left at home. And I'm telling you, it's discouraging, but it's a good discouragement. And um, <laughs> because I love them, all right? But I know, I, and I can't stop for one. You know, you eat, you eat one, you eat more. And so now I know chocolate malted balls aren't good for me, but you know what? I eat them, but I know that the bag is eventually gonna run out, all right? And I will get back to a normal life. And you know, you have a dominating sin too, yours is not chocolate malt and milk balls, all right? Yours might be something else. Can I just tell you that the year has 365 days in it and you might mess up on one or two or three or four of those days, but you've got to get back up. And whatever that dominating sin is in your life, can I tell you that God can give you the victory in your life to be able to overcome that. On the first day of the first month, you should set some goals to be able to overcome those sins in my life, all right, those sins in your life. That's what Ezra is a picture of here. Fleeing those dominating sins. Now, let me just mention quickly, and I'll, I'll run to this last one We have done this morning. I don't know what your dominating sin is because of all, all of our appetites are different, all right? So when I mentioned chocolate, malt, and milk balls, some of you do not like malt, and so you'd think, man, that would be the worst thing in the world, okay? Now, I will tell you this while we're here. You don't taste the malt when you've got three coatings of chocolate on it, okay? It's the chocolate, all right, it tastes good. But your your... Uh, thing in life might be something different, all right? Like for instance, okay, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, I have no idea what cigarettes taste, uh, the taste like or what it does, I don't have any idea. So there's not a draw for me to go smoke a cigarette, but we've had people who've gotten saved later in life that cigarettes was a, was a tough one for them. I mean, you go around somebody that's smoking and you smell that smoke, there's a taste or something that comes to mind that goes along with that. And I want to tell you that might be your temptation, but can I tell you that you can overcome that dominating sin in your life. You can overcome that, all right? I can do all things through, all right, which strengtheneth me, Luke one thirty-seven. for with God nothing shall be impossible, all right? So we understand that there's dominating. So as far as your life, whatever that dominating sin might be, and it could be a thousand different things, first of all, you acknowledge I have a problem with that. All right, acknowledge this is not good for me, all right? Number two, you need to repent of it. God, forgive me for doing it. You you say, but you know, Pastor, I might might end up going back to that. Hey, the good thing about 1 John 1, 9, there's not a prerequisite that you think you might go back to it, all right? You confess that sin. Lord, I'm sorry, I shouldn't shouldn't do that. Forgive me for it. Then you ask God every day of the year to help you with that particular dominating sin, all right? Now, I know you don't know this because I know most of you think I'm perfect, but there are things in my life that I that I struggle with, all right? Marijuana, um, you know, just some minor things in my life I have a hard time with. But, um, but there are things that I, that I struggle with in my life that I know that are not good for me. So every day of my life, I ask God for those particular areas of my life, God, would you please help me not to yield to that temptation in this area? And I tell the Lord that every day, all right? Now, you, what you wanna do with dominating sinners, first of all, acknowledge you have a problem with it. Number two, ask God's forgiveness. Number three, ask God to help you with it to overcome it, all right? Next one, avoid it, all right? Avoid the dominating sin, all right? Whatever that sin is, you need to stay as far away from it as possible, all right? I am so glad that there is not a candy store in our town that has those malted milk balls. Man, it's a good thing. I'd be in trouble, all right? Now, by the way, I just wanna also stress here, the Whopper malted milk ball, that's cardboard, all right? I I don't eat them, so don't get me the Whoppers, okay? Whoppers, I don't want you to even think about pasture-like malted. I'm not talking about just any malted milk ball, okay? I'm so thankful that they're not in our state. I'd be in trouble, okay? So whatever your temptation is, you need to avoid it, all right? How many of you like uh, Casey's pizza? Any of you like Casey's pizza? All right, a few of you. All right, now I'm not a big, I call it cardboard pizza, okay? Now I'm not, I'm not trying to offend, I'm not, not Casey's, okay? I'm not here to offend you, but to me, Little Caesars is cardboard pizza, all righty? It's just, there's not, my kids love Little Caesars, and I'm very thankful for $5 pizzas for them, okay? But I don't wanna, I don't wanna all right, it's cardboard to me, all right, I don't like cardboard pizza. Now I do not know why, but I kind of like, I really do, I kind of like Casey's pizza. Sure. I don't know if it's just the cheese or the grease, but it's really, really good. So, I, for all this time, the, only, the closest Casey's Pizza was in Perry, okay? Now, I live in town, 1414 Sundown Court, and just down Michigan, at the end of Michigan, they built a Casey's there. Just for me. <laughs> and I love their pizza, and I don't stop with one piece. I mean, by the fifth or sixth one, I'm praying, should I keep going, all righty? <laughs> And um, it was not a healthy day for me, the day they built that Casey's Pizza, because now it's too close. I mean, it's like, and you know what? I like to do the husband thing. Dear, let me help you, you don't have to cook tonight. (laughs) Mm. But now, can can I tell you, so you're gonna have a Casey's Pizza, whatever your temptation, it's gonna end up right next door to you, okay? But you've gotta avoid it, all right? You gotta make sure that you don't put yourself around that, all right? Next thing. As far as dominating sins, acknowledge, repent, ask God's help, avoid it. Next one, replace it, all righty, with little Caesars. Then you won't like it, all right? Glory days. Hey, I don't know what your temptation is, but I understand the principle of replacement. If you put off something, you have to put on something. Because if you don't put on something, you will put back what you put off. That's, and just read Ephesians, put off, put on, the principle of replacement in our life, all right? So you're getting rid of this, you're a dominating sin, it might be bad music. And boy, you just have a pull to that kind of music, but you know that music's not good for you. And so as a Christian, you replace that, you replace it with Christian music, all right? Uh, if, you're, if you drink, uh, drink Mountain Dew, all right? Christian replacement for bad, bad drink, all right? But I don't know what it is, but what you have to find a replacement for that that would not be sinful, All right. And then last of all is if you fail, you get back up again, start over, all right? So many people, they, they, they end up, oh, I shouldn't have done that, and then they just go hog wild for whatever they're doing. You know what you do, you start over again. God forgive me, I shouldn't have done that again. I'm gonna continue to try to avoid this thing. I'm gonna do my best to, uh, to replace this thing. And if you fall down, you get back up, all right? So dominating sense. first day, first month, you need to set some goals as far as that. So first of all, set some goals as far as attending church. Number two, set some goals as far as cleaning a house, you personally. Number three, set some goals as far as fleeing, dominating sin, all righty? Now, church, one more that I want you to look at is Ezekiel 29. Flip over there real quick and we'll be done. I got two minutes here. Turn over to Ezekiel with me. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. First day, first month, Ezekiel 29, verse 17. 29, verse number 17, and it came to pass... In the seventh and 20th year, in the first month, in the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, all right, now this particular passage, God was telling uh, Ezekiel what judgment was going to come upon Egypt, and I guess the principle I want you to catch is that on the first day of the first month, the word of the Lord came unto Ezekiel. So, can I just remind you on the first day of the first month, the word of the Lord comes to us and it comes to us through scripture, all right? And so the Word of God that we have, the written Word of God, is how God speaks to us, just like God spoke verbally to Ezekiel. God wants to speak to you through the written Word of God. Set some goals concerning the Word of God, all right? Best time to do it? You say, Pastor, it's January the 3rd. Hey, you can get caught up today, all righty? Just while pastor's preaching, just start reading. I'm just talking, but you read your Bible, all right? But find some goals as far as your reading. Some of you this morning, it might be just read three chapters a day. You read through your Bible in a year. Some of you this morning, it might be a particular book of the Bible that I'm going to read. For some of you this morning, it's memorizing one verse a week or one verse a month or two verse a month. I don't know what it is, but find out some goals that you can set when it comes to the Word of God, All right. All right, now look back up here and I'm done before I pray this morning. First day, first month, some, the, to me, the, the application is first day, first month. These things happen on the first day, first month, the beginning of the year. There's some things we need to set some goals for. Church family, I want to talk to you in the morning service this morning on how to reach your goals. So Lord, I'm going to talk, talk about that for just a little bit uh, during the morning service. So really the, all morning long. If you have not set any goals, would you at least pray and ask the Lord, do you want me to set some goals? All righty? And again, I believe that he'll, he'll lead you to do so, but I hope that you'll be thinking about what you can do more for the Lord this year.